Hey, everybody. This is Ian Shapiro from Politics Explained, and I'm joined here by Paul Jupe. Paul is an associate professor of political science at Denison University. He has written one or two things in his uh, time as an associate professor of political science, and he has agreed to talk to me about his work specifically in religion and politics, and also how his work in religion and politics, well, how it informs us about this wacky world of politics in 2017. Thank you so much for being here, Paul. Yeah, you're so welcome. It's great to be here. <laughs> yeah. So you recently published an article that was generally about, uh, I would say, retention in uh, congressional affiliation, or not congressional, woo, congregational <laughs> affiliation. Um, and, and in the paper, you kind of talk about how this is different than an individual you know, losing their religion, becoming less religious within themselves, that there is a difference between leaving a association of this larger religious institution and also feeling less religious themselves. Can you talk a little bit about how those things are different and maybe what factors cause an individual to feel less efficacious about their religious institution? Yeah, I sure can. But let's, let's back up just a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. and give you just a little bit of background about why we were doing, doing this work. Um, and some of it's just about, you know, the kinds of things that you're talking about. And we're interested in those processes about how people um, make decisions about their organizations more generally. But, but specifically, this is addressing some work that's been done by some sociologists that gained quite a bit of attention um, that said that the rise in those without religion who call themselves what uh, the, the response in a survey is, is to say that they have none. They have no religion, so they're called the religious nuns. Anyway, yeah. Those, so not to those not, folks sorry, that, not to be not to be confused with like nuns that you may see in the sound of music. Not not n yeah right. Not n u n s, but n o n e s nuns. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Uh, so their proportion <laughs> of the population has gone up from about five percent to about twenty five percent. Um, over the last 22 years or so. And the one thing that you can pinpoint across that time period is happening is the rise in the religious right. Uh, you know, groups like the Christian Coalition and Jerry Falwell and Pat Robertson and these kind of folks. Um, and so these sociologists tied those things together and said, well, the Christian right is driving people out of religion. Mm. So to us, yeah, I've been thinking about this for a while. Cause I, you know, that, yeah. that's when I started to become a political scientist was right about that time. Um, and this, this story didn't make much sense to me, um, in part because, you know, and you understand this, given, given your dad yeah. and your connection to the Presbyterian Church, right? Um, mm -hmm. any, anyway, so, you know, people in, in mainline, you know, moderate to liberal Protestantism, those are the folks that have been losing members at the highest rate, and they have basically no connection whatsoever to the religious right, to the Christian right. And so it just doesn't make sense that people are, are leaving religion, um, you know, when they have really no interaction with people that, that are espousing those kinds of politics. And so we, we start okay. to, once yeah. we find, yeah, go ahead. You want, yeah, I was going to gonna say, in? yeah, so you... you yeah, I want to jump in. I'll, I'll dip my toes in the water. So, yeah, so you're, you're becoming a scholar in this time where people are saying that, uh, you know, some kind of religious, like, dogmatism is throwing a certain subset of people out of the religious pool. Um, 
but but you're saying that this there, there's a disconnect here because the types of people and the, who are leaving different types of uh, congregations, it's not the ones you would expect given this theory, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Hey there, it's me, Ian Shapiro of Politics Explained, right here on Anchor. Thank you so much for checking out part one of my interview with political scientist Paul Jupe as we discuss religion and politics in the United States. And there's still a lot of interview left between me and this very expert individual, so I hope that you take a listen. Also, don't forget to favorite the station so you can get great political news analysis, commentary, and science each and every day, right here on Politics Explained, only on Anchor. So, so we wanted to come up with um, a, a more general theory about um, how people make decisions about organizations and then to, to link up to this, this bigger story um, that's been going on with both religion and politics over the last, you know, 30 to 40 years. Um, and so it really, like, like you described in, in the introduction, it really has sort of two phases. One is people evaluating their fit with their own organization. Like, do I still want to be with these people? Does this place, does this fit for me? Um, and then the second mm-hmm. is whether is whether they uh, want to retain the idea of being religious. Those are really two yeah. very, very different, very different notions. Um, so the first is about affiliation. Do I want to be in this organization? And, and their politics probably plays a role, um, but it's it's one of one of many things. I mean, there's a lot of different elements that you could think of, you know, like I have kids. This place isn't that kid friendly. Um, you know, I really like more modern music. I want guitars in my in my uh, worship service. <laughs> and this place has the organ, you know, I mean, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of different ways that you can th- think about fit. Um, and politics is one of those. So that's, yeah. that's it, one you, part of it. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I, I've read a, a little bit. Uh, I've read some of your blog posts, some of your articles, and something that uh, a recurring theme is the power that the clergy can have, right? So not just the yeah. the associations that you build with the people sitting in the pew next to you, but also the power and persuasion and the you know the gut feeling you can get from this person who's up there literally lecturing you on what it means to be an individual in your religion. Uh, and so I guess my question is, Compared to those people sitting around you in your own individual decision of, you know, how engaged you want to be in these uh, voluntary associations, what kind of power does, you know, my pastor have uh, to influence or persuade me to stay in my congregation? Or do they have the power to make me want to get out of there and just, you know, go to an early Wendy's lunch? <laughs> that's, that's well put. Um, yeah, I thought the so. answer is- you know the answer is the answer is uh, pretty typical social science answer that that it really it just depends, um, mm-hmm. and so sometimes you know this and this, I think this is why uh, clergy are are pretty careful to be too strident about much of anything. Um, they want to give they want to give people they realize that their congregations are pretty diverse and so they want to give them a lot of different reasons to a lot of different things to latch onto um, that might you know get them to stay. Um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I, 
so, sometimes, you know, if, you know, they're not going to all of a sudden say, well, it's totally fine if you're, you know, any end of the spectrum is great, of the political spectrum is great, but they certainly are going to be pretty nuanced in the kinds of arguments that they, they tend to present, um, you know, to kind of fit the congregation, to make people feel welcome. And they're probably going to, you know, stay off of the sort of bleeding edge of politics, except in, you know, just a very small minority of congregation. Sorry, I, I, I brought that up because I think for people who aren't super in tune to kind of the scholarly literature on religion and politics, the things that they did see during the 2016 presidential election was how could evangelicals, you know, given, you know, whatever link to morality they may have, uh, from their religious upbringing, how, how do you how do you vote for an individual like Trump, who is kind of overtly sexist, overtly um, you know not really displaying right. Christian morals as you would traditionally think of them, right? So so you know, divorce three about, times like, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. Talks about is it just two, three? Two Corinthians three? and you know all kinds yeah, of all kinds of exactly. I mean, clearly clearly he's not he's not religious in any sort of conventional sense. Hey everybody, it's me again, Ian Shapiro, the host of Politics Explained right here on Anchor. That was part two of my discussion with Dr. Paul Jupe. Before we get on to part three, the third and final part, a couple of fun things about Dr. Paul Jupe. Uh, He was actually my undergrad advisor when I went to Denison University as a young lad. Also, if you don't want to go searching through academic journals, you can find some of his writings on Fox 538 and also in the Washington Post. And if I had to go out on a limb and tell you his favorite hobby, it would be cycling. So there's Dr. Paul Jupe for you, pretty much everything you need to know. And now, back to the interview, here on Politics Explained, only on Anchor. We actually asked asked people if they, if they heard anything from their clergy about um, either of the candidates and a whole bunch of different issues. Um, and we found that, that people just weren't hearing their clergy talk about, talk about Trump or take a stance on Trump. Um, so, so you might think that in, in evangelical churches, conservative Christian churches, they're going to hear much more strident kind of Republican messages. And the average support for Donald Trump that people perceived was about 50%. Hmm. That's a surprising finding. And very few, you know, less than 10% said they heard their clergy person talk about Trump. And I'm not talking about endorsing. I'm talking about just talking about um, Trump. So people are really left to their own devices, frankly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you're sitting in a pew, and they're passing around the collection plate, and you flip a coin – and if it's heads, the sermon's going to contain Trump. Those are the kinds of yeah. – Well, no, no, no. That, you know, only about 6% said they, of, of evangelicals said that they heard uh, mm. the clergy talking about Trump. And then when they were asked to okay. estimate the level of support for Trump, ah, okay. uh, they, came in about, they came in about 50% um, right, of that scale. Good clarification for me. So, Thank you. Sure. Okay, sure. And then, so people are really and, left to their own devices. Yeah. Okay. And then – one one last thing, and I want you to we're, – we're putting you in the hot seat here. You know, we've been told all of our lives that in polite conversation, you should never discuss religion and politics. But in your article and in your larger body of work, you precisely investigate, 
you know, the interdependence between religion, politics, and discussion. So what is so important about your research agenda that you've been studying for years and years that it's okay to break so much social taboo? Well, this is so, – so I'm not a particularly religious person, but I am interested in the health of, of democracy. And what I see is that people are, are joining churches uh, for a wide variety of reasons, which means that they're exposed to, to people with different viewpoints. Um, and that, that being forced to engage with people across lines of difference um, is one of the most important things that, that you know, civil society can provide. Um, it provides sort of a, a, a bulwark against uh, the growing polarization that we have. Um, so, you know, the extent to which people are getting some kind of, of political notions, um, they have to think about it in some kind of some sort of different way. Um, that's that's the importance of, of discussion mm-hmm. of politics to some extent in churches. And it's it typically is not strident in the ways that we think, you know, to get back to the kind of core question that motivated this this research. Um, what we really find is that, you know, there's, there's a lot of nuance. There's a lot of, um, attempts to broker disagreement as opposed to being very strident. And that's why there aren't more people leaving churches than, than there are. I mean, it's just, it doesn't happen that much because people are kept together for all the sort of different reasons that, that people join churches in the first place. So, you know, I'm really thinking about uh, democratic health, and, and that's why I continue to investigate these notions. Well, I thank you for investigating the notions and also for, you know, pointing me and others in the direction of the politics and religion literature, because it really is fascinating, right? It's got this interesting, it's got a communication story, there's a network story there, there's a, a tension between some unmoved movers in American politics and behavior, things like religious a religious identity and political identity, right? So yeah. there's a lot of mysteries to untie. And when you like untie those mysteries... Of... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I like to think of, of churches as tiny societies. I mean, they really mirror um, all the things that you would find in, in a larger public. Um, and then there's lots of variations between them, and that makes them fascinating to study. Yeah, there's your next paper title, Churches, Communities, or Cults. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't go quite so far, but, uh, <laughs> but they are but they are fascinating organizations to study. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Paul, thank you so much for being on Politics Explained and talking to me about religion and politics and some of your work and how you see it fitting into American politics today in the torrential world of 2017. You bet. Thanks so much, Ian. It was a real pleasure. Fascinating stuff. That was my interview with Dr. Paul Jupe, where we talked about the intersection of religion and politics in 2017. If you missed one or all of the parts of that interview, I'm going to go ahead and later put them up as episodes. You can click on the Politics Explained icon. It's the little hat with an eye on it. And you can from there click on the Episodes tab to find old archived episodes of Politics Explained so that you can learn and share them with your friends and just be a better person in general. You'll be better if you listen to me. That's what my mom tells me, I guess. Anyway, thanks for listening, and make sure to favorite the station so that you can get new content on politics, analysis, and great interviews with even greater scholars. Each and every day, right here, only on Anchor.